right. So today we are joined by some very special guests. Dennis Crowley, who is the co-founder of Dodgeball, co-founder and executive chairman of Foursquare, and the founder and chairman of Stockade. And then we also have Dan Hoffe, who is the technical director of Stockade. I mean, you guys started Kingston Stockade. You guys started a club. So we have to first start off with, you know, how did the idea come about? I was playing five-a-side games in, um, you know, just pickup leagues in, in New York. And then one day after, after one of our games, had beers with my buddies, and we were thinking, how does you, uh, you know, how do we take our club and actually get it to the point where it would play against the, the Red Bull someday? You know, and it was just a just like a, a thought exercise, right? What yeah. what would have to happen for us to like qualify for the US Open Cup so we could then do that, right? And that introduced me to clubs like Chattanooga and Detroit, um, who were in the MPSL. And as I started doing some research on those clubs, I was like, holy cow, these things are amazing. And then you kind of have this realization that like these haven't been here for thousands of years. Someone just made these clubs, they just decided to invent them. And um, kind of had a similar moment thinking, we, we should make one of these. How, like, this would be an awesome thing to make. Like, and so one of the very first things that I did, because like, I knew people in the Hudson Valley, but I wasn't connected in any way to anything soccer related, is I went on Twitter and I found the American Outlaws su supporters group in the Hudson Valley. And just, I was, I mean, I remember I was in San Francisco for work at the time. And I think I had one too many beers one night and I just sent a DM on Twitter to <laughs> AL Hudson Valley. And I was like, I don't know who runs the account, but hello, if we put, if we, what do you think about trying to do a, a, a soccer team in the Hudson Valley? Would people go, would people care, would people play? Like, we kind of had this like awkward meet, meet and greet uh, taco dinner somewhere. And I don't remember where it was. And then from there, we just kind of started talking about it. And it, you know, it, it, I want to say it came together fast, but it, like it started, things started getting real, real quick. Mm -hmm. Wow. wow. So it's, it's, it's amazing to hear that this all was just born from a sliding in the DMs. For real. <laughs> yeah, That's amazing. He's like looking him up and he's like, like, holy crap, this guy's pretty big time. Like, what is he doing? So we started exchanging messages and, uh, yeah, we went we went out to dinner one night. It was super awkward the first time, like Dennis said, but it was it was like a like a horseshoe shaped booth, which is what yeah. makes it weird. Like anytime once someone wants to get out, like everyone oh, has it's to the get worst. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Ten people have to get out. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we don't I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if they know what they're doing, but like let's just do it. Let's just we'll try figure it. it out. Let's just try it. Yeah, we'll figure it out as we go. Just roll with it, yeah. It really That's does wild. sound like the, the beginning of any true you know, great love story. It's just all the, it has really all the, the factions there. What were some of like the initial hurdles and some of the unforeseen challenges that you guys saw? I remember naively thinking, making a list being like, well, there's probably like six things we got to do. Make some kits, get a stadium and uh, make some tickets, right? That, that's it. <laughs> you start unpacking it. Actually, there's like 1500 things to do. Mm. And, you know, like one of the, I think the, the big moments for the, the club and kind of like some of the stuff we stand for was like, I went on Google being like, okay, what do you, how do you start a soccer team from scratch? And there was nothing and like, no, nothing under Google results. And we kind of made this decision in addition to making the club, like, let's, let's try to write about it as we do it mm. to make it easier for the, the next person that comes along. Mm. Right? Yeah. And that that has turned out to be to have been very influential 
you know, I've talked to hundreds of clubs over the last five years. I talked to people all over the world. I talked to a club, um, you know, it, it was like a, some 20 something kid trying to start a, a club like an hour outside of Rome, you know? And I was wow. like, I don't know anything about the landscape over there in terms of soccer fans and villages and stuff. Mm. But I, I can I can walk you through the numbers. Vatican City FC. <laughs> yeah. no. Is that... Oh. No, 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 no. oh man, I wish I was gonna look I'm, up their I'm merch right, right there away. now. In a sense, right? So like, Foursquare is you know twelve years old, right? I think it was twelve, almost like this week is our twelfth year anniversary. Oh wow! Um, and you know, like we started off just making like one consumer app, and uh, you know, people would check into places and games and city guides and stuff like that, and got you know 50, 60 million people using it, which is which is a pretty pretty good chunk. Because Foursquare now is a totally different company than it was when we when we started. Like when we started, it was a consumer app, and it was about you know having this thing that brought people together. Like Foursquare, the app was about like getting people together to have good times at bars and restaurants and physical spaces. Like how do you how do you use technology to bring people together? And that's kind of what Stockade is. Like Stockade is just like yeah, yeah there, there's guys running around the on the field scoring goals, and we're playing in this league, right? But it's like you're bringing the community together. You're bringing yeah. a thousand people from the community that may not know each other, right? bringing them together to like cheer on the squad, cheer on the community. And, and that's, that's really what it is. And so when I talk to other entrepreneurs outside of, um, uh, you know, like people doing soccer stuff and get them to focus, like, listen, it's not just about the 90 minutes on the field. It's about the, like, how do you create an environment where where you know fans want to come because this is the most fun that they can have in a two-hour spin, right? On the weekend. And it is they too. Bring, they want to bring their family. They want to bring their kids, right? That's like yeah. a, it's a, just a different way of, of thinking about it, but it's an important way of thinking about it. Like, what are some of the things that you think are very important in creating uh, a strong fan base? I, I think that the transparency, like the transparency that our club has with the people is is a major is a major piece like we're open we're honest they know where you know they know that it's real like those open and honest conversations that we have with the with the community really keeps them intertwined into the soul of our team mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like small clubs that start and they and they try to feel bigger than they are like oh we have a front office and a president and such and such and i always feel like we we take the other approach like we you know, like we go to Keegan's and we sell t-shirts out of the, a Tupperware container. And they're like, you're, you're the chairman of the club. I'm like, yeah. And I'm also the chief t-shirt folder. That's how this operation is. Run. <laughs> I take both. I take both yeah. very seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I remember, I remember just being so distracted by just like, we have a game. Now there's people playing. Okay. What's going on? The rest point three minutes in the game, the rep blows a whistle for something. And the, the crowd goes wild and everyone turns around. They're like, what? It's like, oh my God. When did they get it? Yeah. Right? It, it filled up so quick you didn't even realize. But the, at the end of the game, at the end of the game, like unexpectedly, just all the kids ran down to the fence, right? Oh, and um, they all wanted autographs. And like nobody expected that. Nobody knew what to do. You know, Jamal, who is the, the captain, you know, took everyone together and was like, all right, it's great. Look at this crowd came out to support us. Here's what we're doing. Nobody goes inside until every single kid gets something signed. And, you know, Jamal's like, Dennis, you got pens. I'm like, I have one in my pocket. 
I have a Sharpie in my car, right? So we had like three pens for 800 kids and we just stayed outside for like an hour. And, and I, that, that is the essence of like yeah. what, what the club is, right? Yeah. It's like, right. We, are, we are here to serve the community, inspire the kids, give people a good time, be, like be role models, be something people can aspire to. And parents will stop me and they'll be like, you know, thank you so much for bringing this to town. Like my, all my kids want to do is play soccer now. We, we went to the, the, the coach of um, uh, Kingston High School and I was like, hey, did you see any noticeable uptick in the number of people that tried out for soccer? He's like, yeah, it was like mm. twice as many. After wow. Wow. That's pretty, that's a cool data point. Thank you. For yeah. That. You know? yeah. I mean, just from, from personal experience growing up in the Hudson Valley and Monroe, like, I mean, the closest things we had were MLS teams in the city. So like it, it was there, but it wasn't really tangible, you know, like these yeah. kids that can go and see something. Yeah. It's not, you know, first tier, but to them, it's still like, you know, yeah. it, it, it is, it's, it's what they can see. And then it's what they can strive for. I think that's a very important thing for a kid to have is some way of looking how to get there. And for, for, for yeah. most of us, it wasn't there, you know? We were, run, we were running these surveys and people would say, yeah, Stockade is my favorite club. I'm like, it's your favorite, what, over like any club in the world? Yeah, it's my favorite club because it's a club in my town. And I was like, gosh, I, I just never, you never expected that to happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and, and then, you know, like a lot of people would argue, like we have people that travel from all over. We've had people drive like, 12 hours to come see a stockade game it's like what why did you try 12 hours you know because they're like why'd you try 12 hours to come to deets and they're like i had to see this thing i keep hearing about it i had to see it clubs in england here in germany too like sean and i play for clubs here where you know this club is their favorite club and it is not you know a Bayern munich it's not a manchester united but it's where they are from and it's like it's passed down and i feel like stockade could be that same thing where it's just like it was my father's club. It's my club. And like having Stockade, you guys have now provided a in-person experience for these young kids to strive for, right? This is a, a viable path that they can one day maybe play for Stockade. The word opportunity is is really big in the in the pro rel world because like, I mean, you guys playing in Germany, like, you know, bigger clubs are keeping their eye out for you, are, are, are keeping their eye out for lower level clubs because they know those lower level clubs always have the potential to become a bigger level club. You always yeah. have the potential to get to a higher level. You always have the potential to bring your players with you to a higher level. So that network of finding players really exists across, mm -hmm. across Europe, across yeah. you know, South America. That network doesn't exist in the U S where it's like, okay, we have this really great player named Dylan Williams playing for our team. How do we help Dylan Williams get, you know, to play in USL two or USL and help him progress through the US pyramid. Right. There's no network for that. Um, I told Dylan beforehand that Sean, I was going to call you out on a little quote. I wrote it down. Yes, I love it. Here we go. Said that you thought of yourself as a business mm -hmm. and that your worth of your business is now more now that you're abroad than if it had been that you stayed and played in the US in sure. the NPSL and usl2 and so on and like to me that's a problem like that's the essence yeah. of the problem in u.s soccer that you do not see yourself getting better as a player or getting bigger as a business in playing in u.s soccer yeah. how do we change that how do we make it so that players 
of your guys, you know, resume can improve, can get seen without having, you know, I played at Wake Forest on my resume. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. selected in the bogus MLS super draft. Like how, how do we make it so that there's a real pathway for players to be seen? And it's like, you know, there's no Red Bull scouts coming and watching Stockade games. I mean, no. shout out to the Red Bulls NYCFC. You guys want to come to the stadium anytime you want. Come check through. The U.S. soccer ecosystem doesn't have the right infrastructure to help clubs go from small to big. And mm. it doesn't have the, the proper financial incentives, right? right. Um, just imagine a world in which you could be promoted, right? If you got promoted, you'd go bankrupt because like you just don't have enough money to- yeah, It's completely that. different. Yeah, the stepping stones, yeah. The, the, finan- the financial infrastructure of a lot of the European systems. And, you know, there's, there's revenue shares with broadcast, revenue if you go up so you are getting paid and there's parachute payments if you go down so there's mm-hmm. like a cushion there and those are those are long-standing kind of financial mechanisms built to insulate clubs from um you know like the the shock of going up or going down but we, there's nothing like that here no you know the leads just they just need to accept the fact that they are a container for teams teams come in teams go out yeah. Right. The problem that's how it exists most everywhere in the world. The problem in the US is that the leagues want to compete with each other. You know, like, well, I don't want to be D3, I want to be D2. Well, I don't want to be yeah. D4, yeah. I want to be D4 right. and D3. Yeah. You know, right. and well, I always thought it's like a non-MLS team being dominant in the open cup is is one of the things that that has to happen um before uh before the system really starts to change or people really start to understand, oh, the system could be different. In I think it was 2015, I was at the game. The Cosmos beat NYCFC in the cup. I, I was and, it, I was in the, at that game too. Yeah, in to, to advance, not not to win, but to advance. Yes, yes. That, you were at that game at out yeah. in Long Island. Yeah, at Hofstra. Yeah. That that was the that was the <laughs> game where, where I was like, we have to put Stockade together. Oh right? my god! Wow. I, was, I was in the stands. Where oh, you were part of it. Probably sitting next to each other. Where, where <laughs> my Cosmos T-shirt being like, because you know what happened is you know Cosmos powerhouse team in the seventies, you know, kind of fell yeah. aside. A private equity right. group like investors came together and said, we're going to buy the brand, we're going to resurrect it. And we're gonna make this team come back. We we you know we were at that bar in Brooklyn, Angry Wades. You know after our own pickup game, having the conversation about the U.S. Open Cup. We went to this game like three weeks later, and then you know three weeks after that, I had stumbled into Deet Stadium, being like, "Holy cow, this is it! This this is the place!" You know, and it was those three things like week after week after week, right. it just kind of came came together. We didn't know it, but somehow Sean was involved. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. There was a game against the Italians. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, where we go two men down, right? In the second half. I already and, had chills. Oh, yeah. It was incredible Dude, I experience. Just, I the same thing. This is just. I meet so many people in tech and they're like, why are you working on this like small soccer thing? And I'm like, because it makes you feel good. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
rewarding right. thing you can spend your time on, you know? And it's, um, I mean, just seeing these clips and having this conversation just makes me want to get back on the field. Here it says pay for play is a phrase used for in a variety of situations in which money is exchanged for services or the privilege to engage in certain activities. Like right. that word privilege stands out really, really explicitly to mm -hmm. me. Because, mm -hmm. Like it's a privilege. And you know, Joe's right when he says that the best players play for free ultimately, but we have to get to that point. And it's not cheap, even at a very young age. Just to just to switch gears here, that you you said that you had a, a funny story about me being recruited onto Stocky. And I was just wondering, I'm not sure it'll put, paint me in the best light, but maybe you could share for everyone out there. <laughs> well, so it, it kind of became like this obsession. And we got we were worried that like Dylan was gonna show up and he was gonna suck. And we were gonna be like, <laughs> we spent a lot of time on this. So he had a lot of there was a lot of, a lot of expectation to live up to. A Thursday night before our first tryout, Dylan emails me back. I have it written right here. I'm sorry for the delay. I needed to work out a couple of things so that I could attend this Saturday. I hope the invite is still in place as I would very much like to attend. Thank you for your time and reaching out. Very professional, very nice. Very proper. I text, late. I text, I, call, I either text or George and I'm like, Dylan's coming. He's like, no, he's not. He's too late. I have tryouts set up. He's like, this kid's not coming. So I was like, he was like, tell him he can't come. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to argue with George, but I didn't tell him Dylan couldn't come. Dylan showed up anyway. I told Dylan to come. <laughs> so, um, we knew we had to get him. We knew we had to get him on. So good thing happens. Some kid didn't show up. No idea who he is, but he didn't show up. Shout out to that guy. So there was one spot open on a team. So I was like, listen, George, Dylan's coming. And a spot opened on this team. So we're going to put him on this team. He goes, fine. He plays left back. So Dylan <laughs> hops onto the field playing left back. Like within three minutes of him playing, George looks over at us and he's like, he's on the team. Like it took three minutes from, from <laughs> Thursday night, him not wanting anything to do with this kid to three minutes on the field. He's like, he's on the team. And now Dylan's jersey is right there. That white trailways jersey up on there the top is actually Dylan's jersey. It's really? in there because one, wow. one day it's you know one day it's gonna be in the stockade offices once we have you know wow. legit offices. That's the, that's sick the jersey. He's Can you explain for us what your US soccer utopia looks like? That it would be accessible to everybody. You can. Like, I mean, that's really the stockade youth program's mission is just to create inclusive soccer opportunities for all kids in the Hudson Valley, regardless yeah. of their social or economic stat status in the world. Like that shouldn't matter. That's, yeah. that's my, that's my utopian is this like this accessibility. Where, yeah. Soccer is just available to everybody. I love that. I love it. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves. Also Kung Fitness and Merchant Designs, baby. Follow us on Instagram at footwork underscore podcast. Twitter is at footwork podcast. YouTube and Facebook, just check out footwork podcast, search it. Email us if you need anything, any questions at footworkpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, plug, plug, pass. Tell your parents, Amazon delivery guy, mailman, I don't know who, just tell them. Like, subscribe, review, all of it helps. Danke.